Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the NXT preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamble and Michael Sidrich. Look ahead to tonight's episode of NXT, The Great American Bash. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT, but also Raw, SmackDown, AW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on rest culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Tidrick to look ahead to the great American bash tonight. And we're all looking forward to it, aren't we, Hamlet? Yes. Um, it's been a relatively effective build throughout. More so, I would say, than the last couple of takeovers, actually. Ironic, considering that this is no longer like a cynical attempt at grabbing ratings. It's just an attempt to actually grab a few rating points. Like, they just need a few more viewers than they're getting. It's nowhere near as kind of rooted in last year's messy presentation of the Great American Bash. Um, and I kind of welcome these TV takeovers almost more than the proper ones at the moment. The longer we're stuck in the CWC, which hopefully now with WWE main roster moving back to full crowd, shouldn't be much longer, the more I'd rather have episodes like this. There's two matches on this card that I'm legitimately excited about watching because of the matches. There's no bells and whistles. It's not the fact that I've got biases towards one of the wrestlers in it, although I like everybody involved, they've just been really well-booked tag matches, no less. Really well-booked tag matches with stakes I legitimately care about. Didn't think they had it in them. And if the main event goes half the time of the last time the wrestlers wrestled, I think this show will be a triumph. I'm a very perceptive guy, you know. I'm a very, very perceptive guy in general. When you asked that question, Wilborn, the inflection in Michael Hamflit's voice is very emphatic. He went, yep. <laughs> Usually, right, usually when you say, oh, it's NXT, it's going to be, you know, baseline, I'll read. You will say that, Hamlet. You always go to Hamlet first on NXT. And Michael Hamlet will go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, X-Match will probably end with a distraction <laughs> or a DQ. And, you know, the script will be bollocks, but, you know, it's NXT and, you know, I'm trying to like it. Hamflick gave an emphatic yes, and I'm going to echo that emphatic yes, because this genuinely looks like a great card that prom outright promises some excellent action, informed by some genuinely good telly, has teased momentous returns. Uh, this is going to be one we're going to actually talk about, and it's going to be very, very good, and it will be genuinely 
genuinely disappointing and not funny if it's bad. <laughs> yes, not the uh, two-night uh, sticker over an American flag and some cars that it, we saw last year. What match are you most looking forward to tonight, Sitch? Let's go well, that way and we'll, we'll preview that first. I mean, I'm a big Thatcher Champa guy. Yeah. Imagine seeing that last year. What did you make of, uh, just for just for me, really, if anyone else listened to the NXT review last week, uh, they'll know what you thought about it. What do you think of their face-to-face with MSK leading into this? That made me like them a hell of a lot more than MSK. <laughs> Put it that way. I thought MSK did that usual WWE babyface thing where it's like, should you really be slapping someone when you're not really being provoked that much? Does it not make you look a bit of a knob? There was an element to that, but I just thought Champa, just in particular, and Thatcher does this as well, by not actually moving his lips. Just genuine skill, huge testament to his presence. But Champa genuinely got over is this total swaggering badass Mm. who was like legitimately threatening. Not in that I'm going to say overtly intense things to get over as threatening. It really feels like he's rediscovered his confidence when he um, whispered in the ear with a very sinister kind of don't with me don't do that yeah just get i want them to get strapped up will Bourne. that's what i want to see happen tonight yeah i mean it doesn't really matter who wins the match they're all going to fall eventually to the grizzled young veterans but you reckon a title change tonight sige i don't think the grizzled young veterans are as hot or as in the plans as you think i'm sorry i've been here before with ever eyes i'll admit yeah yeah um realistically it's Topic for another day, but they need to really get Zach Gibson on that microphone. Yes. If he can be the one to wake up that audience, and I think they will be woken up very much tonight, incidentally, then yes, I think that's a route forward for them. But for now, it doesn't really feel like they're a very legitimate concern. But yep, I want Thatcher and Champa to get strapped up. I expect an absolutely superb tag team match. Like, superb. Thatcher and Champa are so good. And they're dynamic enough for themselves to really go at the pace MSK excel at but they're so great at just beating people up, coming across as these two intense bruisers who really look like they're hurting you, that the hope spot in this match is going to be absolutely incredible, like all but guaranteed, let alone the finish, let alone the heat, which will never be laborious because Thatcher and Champa, like together, have completely eradicated any of Thatcher's dreaded grapple tendencies. (laughs) You get the very best of Thatcher, Thatcher's lit a fire under Champa seemingly together. They're, they're just this incredible smash mouth unit. I'm expecting a very dramatic, incredibly well worked, just proper great state of the art tag team match that is just spectacular enough to pump up the blood, but like hard and stiff and rugged enough to never feel like it's doing like mad spots for the sake of it, which to be fair, I would never accuse MSK of doing it. I think it's going to be a total banger. I think it might even be my most anticipated NXT match of the year. I will be almost saddened if it isn't the very best NXT match of the year. Like genuinely, I'm so up for this. Um, And yeah, I think it's time to strap them up. MSK, I always felt that was possibly a little bit too early to put the titles on them. They are a perfect chasing act. I don't think there's any shame in losing this unit. I think there's way more story to tell with it. And Thatcher and Champa are hot. They can get, I don't know, like nothing really draws on this show anymore for reasons that, again, another set of podcast entirely. 
So at this stage, I'm thinking, why not? People are really gravitating towards this Champa Thatcher act. They're awesome. A, vict- a loss here, no matter how clean and, you know, respectful in the aftermath it is, I just, I'm not prepared to have them just be in the mix somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. I just really like them. All very subjective, completely subjective. A lot of people prefer MSK. Um, but for me, I just think they're better on telly. I'm watching a television program. I'm no, I'm well, well, well past the point of watching good wrestling matches on TV. Between the promos, just the confidence oozing out of them, um, just the natural propensity to just want to beat people up, which creates conflict everywhere. They're just better on TV. Timothy Thatcher is a fantastic TV character, <laughs> madly, and I want to see more of him. It would represent a hell of a rehabilitation for for Thatcher, considering where he was, you know, prior to to this back and forth with Champa leading obviously to uh to this team. Do you reckon they could leave as tag champs, Hamlet? Um, I'm gonna go with MSK, but I wouldn't rule out the title change. I think it like maybe that is a, a subjective feeling that I'd I'd quite like to see more of MSK as the tag champions, but I completely get why you would be rooting for Champa and Thatcher as well. They're a pair of babyface teams. So in a way that's sort of ideal, isn't it? If you if it's split in opinion, because you kind of want both sides to come out on top. I worry a little bit I think I've probably shared such concerns there about the natural demotion that would have to come out of Champer and Thatcher losing here. Um, it's been really cool to watch them on the ascendancy as a team from the way in which they formed to where they are now. Um, and it's felt really organic, obviously, as we kind of spoke about one of the podcasts, like the way, even from the very beginning, it was a, it was a Champer character we didn't like. I think it was Halloween Havoc where he debuted at the worst of all shows to be like, you know, this really fun time that people are having for a change. I hate this. <laughs> I was like, oh, Christ. And it turned out that like this long game they were playing was with this singles feud with Thatcher that could ultimately morph into them as a, as a perfect unit. I think still when they were feuding, we all kind of had this eye on them thinking they're going to be great together. They're like the, the perfect partners. Um, and this does sort of feel like the peak of that. So I, I do worry a little bit for them after the fact. Um MSK and the Grizzled Young Vets is probably my favourite NXT match of this year so far. And this does have the makings to be even better than it. Um, not like, you know, I'd, I'd say Champer and Thatcher are probably on even keel with the Grizzled Young Vets in terms of the match like quality potential. But the to steal the sort of the word from them, there is a more, like Champer and Thatcher are more grizzled than the Grizzled Young Vets for real. And I think that's going to bounce quite nicely off MSK. You're going to get that feeling um, that MSK have helped bring back to the NXT tag division of that frenzy. That would be the word I would think. Like the, you had it, it's a quite an organic feeling thing, but it's in the sort of the end of the match at the uh, the last, I think it was the Dusty Cup match. And certainly like at Standard Deliver that one, like that, just that feeling of, um, it's not chaos, but it feels like both teams are trying to win and they're about to do anything and they're ready to pretty much just kill each other to do it. It honestly harkens back to NXT's Tag Team Glory days, those Revival American Alpha Classics, even mm. the Enzo and Cast teaser, stuff like that. MSK have really captured that with teams that completely oppose their style, and that's exactly what Champer and Thatcher are. Um, I can't wait for that. It absolutely should steal the show, mm. like even from the main event, which are obviously two like big work rate favourites. I can't see how this doesn't end up being match of the night. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what happens here. It's all obviously building to the to the Wesley hot tag you feel in this match. Uh, apologies to Nash Carter, you're going to get a battering in this match as part of all that. But it just convinced me. I think I think are we going to see a title change tonight? 
and uh, and that allows obviously it makes it a lot easier to run this match back or you know have the Grizzly Young veterans involved or do a triple threat or you know whatever they want to do next. I think a title change makes that far more possible, far more feasible, and far more exciting uh, as we go forward. But regardless, like you say, without a question, this is going to be up there for match of the night as well as. The other tag team title match, Michael Hamplett, Candice Lorraine, and Indy Hartwell, the way defending those women's tag team titles against the team who can coexist, Io uh, Shirai and Zoe Stark. Yeah, like I hope people don't misread that as a kind of dig at this because this is a legitimate. Yes. Can they coexist? It's, it's quite nice that actually WWE have built this. They, <laughs> Zoe Stark has uh, got going as a result of a respectful loss to Io Shirai, who at this point was at the top of her game. They've become a tag team where Shirai has admitted that she doesn't really play well with others, but she at least respects who Zoe Stark is. They've had a couple of matches to like try and work out the kinks of themselves as a team. And now we have this. Um, Candice LeRae obviously build it, like kind of continuing the never-ending rivalry with Io Shirai, resenting her return to NXT via the tag division. It's a comparison I've made to sort of John Moxley losing the title after an amazing reign and then kind of like finding the perfect slot for him in a tag team with Eddie Kingston. They've done it here with Io Shirai. And I don't think this match can quite live up to the quality of the men's equivalent, but I'm equally as intrigued by the result. Seems open and shut that the champions retain. The heels haven't had them very long. Um, it would feel like they're yet again playing hot potato with these belts a little bit when I think with Lorraine Hartwell, you have the best chance of establishing them as you know, like relatively prestigious, especially more so than the, the women's equivalent on the main roster. Um, but it's what you do with Io Shirai and Zoe Stark. Will Zoe Stark be frustrated that Io Shirai has kind of been out front about saying, Well, I don't really like you, I'll like I respect you and we'll do this together, but I don't really like you. Well, that kind of that show itself, Io Shirai kind of carried the team a little bit to the win in the match that got them this shot in a nice bit of aging to let us know what the clues were going to be for this story. Could they get it done with Zoe Stark as an underdog being carried to the gold by the veteran Io Shirai? They're all intriguing prospects. And it just, again, it's nice to think of how well planned all of this has been to let you have faith in seeing this one play out as well. I do think the heels will retain, but I'm genuinely fascinated to see how all of this plays out. Yeah, I think I'm more interested in the permutations rather than the match itself, which I expect to be very good. Not on the level of the two key matches, um, but anything involving Io Shirai and Candice LeRae is invariably awesome. Um, I guess the only concern I have, and it would be pretty goddamn NXT of NXT to do this, is some kind of post-match angle where it is revealed that uh, Stark hasn't done quite enough to earn Shirai's respect and a pissed-off Shirai turns on her. Mm. You wouldn't want to turn Io Shirai heel again. Like, absolutely not. Like, she's clearly so over. Um, I think a quarter hours are pretty strong by NXT standards. And who cares about objective quarter hours? I just want to get behind Io Shirai. She's really great. She's really great. Um, it feels like the direction more so is going to be in another Candice LeRae versus... Look, I don't know what's going to happen after the fact. If anything... Because her personality hasn't been particularly well defined, even though her character's been well booked, Stark, like it's the easiest shortcut. Turn heel, mm. discover your personality, um, get the confidence to just like rip on people and to just be extremely confident and cocky. Somewhere along the way, you'll find your personality. And if you connect with the crowd, you can determine then, subsequent to that, what parts of your heel character you should incorporate into your face character, all of this stuff. So the ultimate goal for me, 
I think the best way of doing it would be somewhere down the line, probably not tonight, would be for Stark to turn heel on Shirai and start their programme proper. So, yeah, maybe Stark loses here and is gently a bit criticised by Shirai, but not in a way that's obnoxious, just Shirai's kind of really charming, aloof, like demanding self. Um, But I expect the match to be very good. Yeah, I think we're all agreed that Candice and, and Indy retain. Uh, maybe even we get some sort of post-match celebration with Dexter Loomis. Who knows? We can dream. But uh, I, I agree. Drop that, by the way, I'll be pissed off. Yeah. Has been quiet lately, hasn't it? All of that. But I, uh, I suspect, yeah, if, if they, and they should, if they are going to do a turn, it should be Zoe Stark. But yeah, I do like it. It shouldn't suddenly be tonight. They've, Zoe Stark should, yeah. We, we should go on that journey with her. So, it, again, as always, the heels should be partially justified of her being, you know, maybe criticised, like you say, in a, in a you know, arm around the shoulder sort of way and her slowly becoming to resent Io Shirai, despite the fact that actually Io's changing her mind on Zoe Stark. And that's the, that's a nice little story to, uh, to, to showcase. Uh, let's talk about the other title match of the evening. Michael Sidgwick's the million dollar championship on the nine. It's L.A. Knight versus... Carry Grimes, baby, to the moon. With a major stipulation here, the title is not only on the line, but if Cameron Grimes loses, he becomes LA Knight's butler. I've literally been booking this since they fought each other for the title, and I'm afraid I think this is only going one way. You know what I like, Wilborn? You do better, you've got a better strategy here to pump up the numbers for this podcast than NXT does to pump up the numbers for NXT. Saving the top, the theme of Cole versus Riley till the end. O'Reilly, very good. Very, very good. And next day you could learn something from us. <laughs> As for the million dollar title, uh, they've already done a lot of match. This is backwards. And, you know, I am consistent in a circle versus, you know, no one's going to bury us on this podcast. I can say that NXT sucks donkey dick. I don't think anyone would like care or come out. As <laughs> but regardless, this is a little bit backwards. Um. It's not going to be as good as the ladder match. And that was probably the ceiling for what these guys can do. But genuinely, this is pretext to an angle. This is the second kind of inconvenient match that they have to do before they do the third. Um, so I'm not expecting a great amount of time dedicated to it. They'll slap a big, long commercial in the middle of this. Like one of the longer ones, I suspect, because I think people are more interested in the result, in the hook, than... A diminished quality return because even if it's a better worked match, like people are going to think, Oh, I had a lot of match, so how much can I care about this? So don't get your hopes up for this. Cynically, if I'm formatting this TV show, I'm slapping a massive advert break in the middle. So it's all about the finish. And the finish is going to be Cameron Grimes will be his butler. They are intent on presenting Cameron Grimes a certain way. We've said it before one million times. Guy's too funny for his own good. And if you're too funny for your own good in WWE, it is, you know, he looks happy enough. He's probably happier than I am. I think he's got top line potential that this could diminish. Regardless, he's going to be the butler. The skits are going to be mildly amusing. I don't think this is necessarily the best star vehicle uh, for Cameron Grimes, but... Look, if nothing else, he's absolutely nailed WWE comedy and a kind of a risible gimmick he will elevate in the aftermath of this. 
Yeah, I'm struggling to get enthusiastic about this. Like, they were kind of off to the races with Cameron Grimes and LA Knight, and now they're reaching the point of the race where they're both just wading through treacle. It's all a little bit forced and laborious, and, like, that's what the Butler skits will be as well, by and large. Um, your mileage may vary on, on the jokes, and I guess it depends how good the quality of the comedy writing is as well. Some might hit. Um, I just feel like it's going to be that very sort of pro wrestling centric comedy of the likes of which we've seen before that like I, Grimes and Knight will probably get over they're both good in this environment um, just a touch over all of it to be honest what this has succeeded to do if nothing else is at least permanently move Cameron Grimes over to the babyface side um, at some point he'll be million dollar champion or all will be right with Ted DiBiase maybe he'll get the belt back and give it back to DiBiase or something like that just reclaim it and get it back where it belongs something along those lines Um so the, it's a net positive because Grimes is a face now and they've found a great heel in LA Knight to be the one to help help the turn, like help facilitate Grimes' turn. But this particular feud, I don't think has got a lot left, not got a lot left in it. I think we talked about this on the review last week. Um, based on the last few segments between Grimes and Knight, I feel like these Butler bits are going to be the sort of things that you watch and say, oh, that's funny, rather than actually laughing. And that's a pretty crucial difference when you're mm. trying to do comedy. I don't know. I'd like to be proved wrong. And Grimes really is as great as we all say he is. I just, I'm like measuring my expectations so not to feel a little bit disappointed or bored. Mm. Cheers to us. Um, yeah, it, I do. Believe- <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting in the chamber. You could have said anything about Adam Wilborn's personal life then. He's zoning out, just waiting for your mouth to stop moving. <laughs> <laughs> Every time we talk about Elena, I just, it, it tickles me. It's class, man. It's the best word. Um, but yeah, we are all agreed, unfortunately, despite personal biases. Uh, Cameron Grimes is losing tonight. He's becoming the butler. And I think, actually, not only is that going to happen, and breathe new life into, into this this back and forth between these two, because I still think there's, there's something there. Um, I think this is going to be the first jump in the opposite direction of the now long-finished Wednesday Night Wars because I think they're going to get Virgil involved <laughs> somehow, some way. And They've got uh, B Priestley, but who else didn't? Show <laughs> <laughs> Pace! Oh, leave the memories alone. Why would you beat up Sandy Gibbs in the middle of the frigging all out? Yeah. You stupid! <laughs> you stupid car! <laughs> End of dynamite last week. You just be priestly say, "Mama Lou and I'm coming home." <laughs> priestly screaming, walking <laughs> at the BT Sports Studio. <laughs> I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray, and I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll presents the Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold on. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Ryan. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Before we get to Cole versus O'Reilly, let's talk about some of the other stuff on the show this evening. We've got a Hit Rose Championship Cypher. If, like me, you're like, what? what's a cypher? It's a championship celebration, basically. Uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, of course, winning the North American Championship in the main event last week against Bronson Reed. Uh, were you surprised by that, Sidge? And, uh, I mean, they, they, they're doing all they can for Hit Row, I suppose. Uh, yes, I was to a degree. The second that the match was announced halfway through the show, I kind of knew the finish. Um, but that was fine. Look, it's the madness of King Vince has orchestrated this. Not that he actually orchestrates anything on purpose, seemingly these days. It's funny because they had the direction of Escobar versus Bronson Reed, and they decided to go with um, Swerve instead. I would have Santos Escobar as a baby face at this point. And that's just an incidental point. But yeah, I was surprised by this. But at the end of the day, it's nice to now listen to Hit Row talk about how great they are and I can actually buy it. Um, I don't know what this championship cipher is going to be, but I've decided what they need to do. I'm never going to be threatened by top dollar, you know. I've just decided. He's not threatening to me. He is simply annoying um, I know he's massive, um, but I'm just not intimidated by him. I don't think that's a factor he's got because he's just on the periphery and it's not going to overwhelm the whole act in a dreaded, go away, cheap, obnoxious heat territory. I would dial his stuff up to 11. I really would. Him on the outskirts. Swerve can be there as the presence who's legitimately great in the ring, who's got a bit of a nastiness about him. Um, just to sort of compliment this act, and not just impose 90s hip-hop names upon them, you know? So I'm looking for a bit more than just saying the focus group-tested stuff they've been saying um, in the celebration. I want to hate them. I don't want to be like, oh, God, this is lame. But I kind of want to get pissed off with them now, and I think this is a decent opportunity, uh, a platform to do that. Yeah. Um, Vince's madness might have 
played into everyone's hands here. So it was about a fortnight. Apart from Bronson Reeds, he's <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, things have gone right with him. It, like, it was a couple of weeks ago that we wanted Everise to batter. Sorry, uh, hit row to batter Everise to make the point that they're this dangerous group, and it didn't really happen. I, I don't think that was necessarily like didn't really benefit um, hit row as much as this sudden title change did. It was uh, the biggest takeaway from last week was of the idea that there was going to be movement again, that there was going to be actual talent that were going to be leaving NXT. I think that was like a new hope for this product feeling fresher again. Um, and that started pretty much with Hit Row getting a belt, with Swerve kind of finally backing up a lot of the potential that he's had, mm. that he kind of ran into walls with because of being booked to lose and lose and lose over and over again until Hit Row came along. And oddly enough, a kind of a flash of the old NXT might have given them a nice out as well. So obviously, um, Santos Escobar was seemingly primed for a feud with Bronson Reed for the North American title, we guess. And Bronson Reed then loses the belt and can't have it. But if you remember about three or four weeks ago, they just peppered in that little standoff between Legado del Fantasma and Hit Row. It was like something or nothing, but mm. there was just a, a little bit of... Minor hostilities as they passed one another, I think, in between matches or something like that. It was just there to say, oh, like, you're the gang that we should be worried about in NXT, are you? Well, we're already here, that kind of thing. And then everybody went about their business. You could probably put those two things together now and just make baby faces out of Phantasma and run this as a first program and look towards Escobar versus Swerve for the North American title. I know that feels a little bit played from when they were wrestling over the Cruiserweight title, but... A shift in dynamics as heel and baby faces might freshen up, might make it feel different. They're, they're different characters, you know, they're like in this, they're fighting for a slightly more prestigious belt as well. Um, it's not the most thrilling thing, but in terms of circumstances they weren't expecting, I don't think it's like the worst case scenario. I cannot remember that feud at all. So oh, I there you go then. I don't so, think it'd be a problem. <laughs> I do like the idea that LTST, <laughs> we're now sat there going, you know what? Those gang are used to kidnap people in the parking lot. You all right, oh. I think. Um, but I, I, to be honest, I was just going assuming tonight was going to be a very bad night to be someone like Ashanti the Adonis. I thought he was going to get tsunamied, if, if I'm perfectly honest. I think Bronson Reed crashes the party sort of thing. Uh, you know, it wasn't a definitive victory, obviously, for Swerve last week. And uh, they're going to try and set it up to potentially run it back. And... Yeah, I, th- I you know with with like Sid alluded to earlier on, with all the eyes potentially being on the show tonight, I think potentially there's some sort of yeah Reed uh, Swerve interaction. Someone from Hit Row's eating a tsunami. It's not going to be Swerve. You're saving that, and potentially they could say, "Well, thanks for watching tonight. But join us next week when we've got another North American Championship match. We're going to run it back, sort of thing." So that's what I was assuming. But yeah, absolutely on board with Santos Escobar and the rest of Legado del Fantasma, uh, three on three versus Hit Row. Yeah, really, really exciting prospect that. And uh, I'm kind of with Sige. I, I mean, my brain's mush uh, over the last eighteen months, but I. I, I, there's some very vague sort of, oh yeah, I remember Swerve sort of bitching and moaning all the time. <laughs> oh, damn, I remember that now that you've mentioned those three words. Yeah. Oh, Christ, I. I know you beat me before, but beat me again? Oh, you have. Oh. And this time you haven't <laughs> cheated. It was like that first formula, wasn't it? It was like match one, cheat, win. Match two, well, probably cheat, win again. Match three, win. Win. Oh. win. Okay, there you go. That's 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 simple. Now, we've also got uh, people on Wikipedia getting very excited about this, suggesting it could be a title match. As far as I know, 
far as my sources tell me, it is not for the NXT Championship tonight. Uh, but it is Karrion Cross and Johnny Gargano face to face. Michael Hamflet. Um, catching up this on this over the weekend. Did Karrion Cross try and murder Johnny Gargano with his car? It was all a bit weird last week. Um, they were trying and failing, truth be told, to make uh, a bit of a, like, Shades of Grey was what they were trying to do with Karrion Cross and Johnny Gargano. There was no defined heel, no baby face. Um, Johnny Gargano was showing a bit of guts, but then also had his little creepy mate with him. So that's not very gutsy. Uh, Karrion Cross was looking like kind of an arsehole at one point, but then also a badass because he was beating the pair of them up by himself just as he did Phantasma in another match you've probably forgotten already. Like, it was all very kind of confusing, as it always is with Karrion Cross, unfortunately. And they're kind of in too deep with Gargano in the way to get him all the way back around to being a babyface, despite a decent in-ring performance the week before that, trying to get him over as, like, a good guy again, or at least a guy that can wrestle like a good guy. So it's all a bit strange, this. Um, I quite like Gargano being forced into a face-to-face because he has at least shown that he doesn't want that. He was still, there was a cowardly element to his attacks last week. And probably the last thing he wants is to be having to go nose to nose with the guy who he's a little bit frightened of and a guy that chokes him out in the car park. Samoa Joe had to like ruffle his hair and say, hey, you'll get him next time, sport. That kind of, Go on, slugger. Like Gargano as a character shouldn't and probably doesn't want this. So I think that's quite funny because it always plays into kind of like William Regal putting him in, in these positions he doesn't want to be in. Um, but it's going to be a title match. So they've kind of got to sell us on a fight here because I just don't think they're doing a particularly effective job of selling you on this match. It's been the case from before in your house when we thought that was going to be the, the singles title match there. They've yet to really figure out the way to sell this match. To be honest, I think they're going to get there without doing it. I just hope that all the rumours are true and that Karrion Cross is getting called up. Like, there are worse people to put the belt on than Johnny Gargano if you need a, a temporary champion while you rethink your next six months of booking. I've got no idea what to expect from this. And one of the reasons why there's very little they can do that makes any kind of sense that someone with an actual brain in their head, i.e. me, can sort of forecast on a similar wavelength. Like, how do you build a title match between an absolutely gigantic heel versus a baby a heel now versus a diminutive, diminutive heel who is like just sneak attacking him and is not as oh, it's just a mess, a total mess of a character dynamic. Glimpses of sort of charm and comedy because Gargano is such a talented dude. And you don't know what the fate of Karrion Cross is. I mean, you do, he's gonna be screwed on the main roster, but you don't know where he's going there yet. So, I mean, what the hell do you do? Do you try and if in fact Karrion Cross is there for the foreseeable, or at least Triple H has been told, just book it as if he's going to be there. I might pick him up and leave you screwed, but you know, just if they're going ahead with the idea that Karen Cross is there for the foreseeable, Johnny Gargano is going to say what on this face to face? I'm scared of you. I should be scared of you, but I'm not. I also want to get some heat because I'm a heat. It's just a total mess. Mm. If Karen Cross is main roster bound, and this is the only sort of viable way to get the title from him. We're going to have to see a complete 180 in Johnny Gargano's character for the good of the match, for the good of Karrion Cross, for the people who care of continuity between shows. He's going to have to do a complete 180 and say something to the effect of, 
Like, get Austin Theory out of there. I was in DIY, for Christ's sake. I haven't been DIY in for quite some time. I'm going to DIY against you. Bring back the old connotations of that. Make it his sort of perspective going into the match of what will it mean? I don't, I don't know. I'm completely stumbling all over my words here because the character dynamics are a mess. I don't know what's going on with Karrion Cross. I couldn't really care about what's going on with Karrion Cross. It's a strange thing to book because they were kind of heading in this direction regardless before he started being on main event without his misses, without his heat, without his entrance. The whole thing's a complete mess. Yeah, it was set up over social media. Uh, Gargano tweeted, last week Cross tried to hit me with a car. You think I was just going to let that go? I'll be at the American Bash. No tricks, no games, no smoke and mirrors. Meet me face to face. I'm going to smack the taste out of your mouth. I think there will be tricks and games. I think Austin Theory is going to try and jump in again. But still, uh, Cross responded by saying, Mr. Gargano, it's time to cool off that mouth. I'm trying to do his intensity. It's time to cool off that mouth of yours. I would think of you more like the bugs that crawl in and out of dog crap than an actual physical threat to me. So here's what we're going to do. You leave your family at home, as will I. And you meet me at the Great American Bash. It's that simple. Tick, tock. And I'm going to roll some heads. His voice. Family's, his family's at work. She's defend the tag titles. What's the <laughs> An idiot. He's a stupid idiot. But yeah, I think this is just... I'm trying to work out a way if they... Like, at the end of the day, you've had five other men trying to beat Karrion Cross in a match, and that didn't work. So they're going to have to step it up and probably do some sort of, I don't know, ladders match or something eventually. Just to give you the, the idea of like, well, in a straight up match, obviously, Karrion Cross has murdered everyone. We're literally, what, a year to the, well, not to the day, but a year since the Great American Bash with Keith Lee and Adam Cole and that wonderful shot of like the ominous, well, it doesn't matter who's won really, because this is what's waiting for you. So yeah, to, to, to try and suggest that any, you know, Gargano could steal one and get the title in a match, it would be counterintuitive. So I think they're going to set up some some sort of stipulation match where, you know, if he is going to lose and, like you say, transition to the main roster, then he can get out of that without be, you know, eating a, just a straightforward pinfall. But who knows? Uh, intensity, that's what I anticipate for tonight. And, uh, yeah, let's hope Gargano brings some patter to balance it out. Um, Sige, before we get to Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, could tonight be the night we see Tegan Knox returning to NXT? Uh, 11 months since we saw her in the ring. She did a, uh, a match, a dark match uh, on as part of Raw. Last night, uh, obviously an awful uh, run of injuries for her. She's still recovering from that. Well, she just recovered from the torn ACL. The battery, I believe, which people are suggesting may well be linked to her, is around sort of 80%. She's obviously got a ready-made feud with someone like Candice LeRae. What do you reckon? Well, until it gets to 85, I'm not making any bets. <laughs> okay. That's good crap, man. We've talked about it before. Yes, the imagery chosen suggests... Is indicative of someone uh, coming back and recharging from injury from zero health to 100, whatever. Um, yeah, it's all, but all been conf- confirmed that it's her. I'm going to watch every single minute of her matches with my heart in my mouth. Like, what a rot. It, it's like cursed territory at this point. Like, no matter how many leading medical professionals have said, right, you're good to go, you're cleared, your knee's in tip-top shape. And it is, it just feels like a curse at this point. Um, such a talented babyface performer. Um, I'm going to be anxious as all hell when it is in fact revealed to be her. And I'm just not a religious man whatsoever. So I'm not going to be praying, but I'll be hoping that it'll all turn out well for her. 
Yeah, it was like the timing particularly I thought was really sad last year because there wasn't much I liked about empty full sale or empty arena NXT. Tegan Knox had a couple of like really strong performances. She had like a single last year, which was really good. Um, the stuff wasn't perfect, but like the stuff with the stuff that was good with Dakota Kai was really, really good. Um, and it just seemed like obviously she hasn't ever been able to go that long without getting injured again. So I kind of share Cedric's worries a little bit. Wrestling's, you know, it's it's not like football, for example. Michael Owen had one too many injuries and he lost his pace and there wasn't much else to his game that could keep him going any longer on those injuries. Tegan Knox has always proven quite an intelligent wrestler, hence why she stuck out from the UK independent scene while it was mid-boom and got noticed by major organisations and got signed by WWE and seemed just a, a talent that was able to adapt ever so slightly and make it at a very high level. I imagine with no injuries, Tegan, uh, Tegan Knox would have already been on the main roster. I don't think she would have been long for NXT. She doesn't strike, like, doesn't strike me as that kind of wrestler. Um, so hopefully she's able to adapt accordingly. I don't know if that means a slight change of style, a slight reduction of the, the stuff that puts her knees and her legs at risk, like those high spots, those dives, the thing where she's hurt herself on before, like she did in the Rhea Ripley match. But she's really intelligent all-rounder, really smart, and uh, it does seem like it's going to be her. It's quite cool if it is, and they've kind of like gently allowed this to leak out because surprises are great, but what you want is a surprise where you think you know the answer because that's what's going to actually make you tune in, and people are going to hopefully tune in to see Tegan Knox. Um and yeah, fingers crossed, this is the one. This one is the run that goes unimpeded by yet another just devastating injury. Uh, finally, uh, we're going to talk about what well, we anticipate is going to be the main event tonight. Cole uh, O'Reilly 2. They're going to beat the crap out of each other. But hopefully, with all the other stuff I've just listed there, they won't be given too long because they have the potential, uh, Hamlet, to put on you know a phenomenal match. And really launch the, the two of them into their next feuds, which could well be carrying cross for Kyle O'Reilly and whisper it, Samoa Joe for Adam Cole, especially considering last week where he just went, all oh, right, that's enough. I love that. That was wonderful stuff. Um, but yeah, how do you see it going down tonight between these two? Yeah, I just just play the hits, man. Just play the hits. Um, the build to this match has been way better than the build to the first one in terms of actually dealing with what these wrestlers, these characters can do well. It's been far less about, there's still been some, of course, as NXT, but there's been far less about intensity and all the kind of, all the boredom that that brings and about actually having a bad guy and a good guy. Adam Cole trying to effectively no-sell what happened in this epic defeat he suffered at Take. I wish I could no-sell having watched it. But like Kyler Riley in the meantime, um, just wanting shot of Adam Cole, believing that he can do without him and they're not really being able to until he beats him. There's good motivations for both of them here. Um, as you say, they've kind of done a, a reasonable job of potentially, I don't know if like it's too soon to assume a Samoa Joe return. I don't know if all of this William Regal's heavy stuff has been a red herring and he's going to return straight to the ring or if it's going to be something they're going to allow to build for longer and longer and longer and it's just going to exist in the background for a year while Samoa Joe gets himself healthy and like good to go for a big WrestleMania weekend takeover match against Cole. I don't know. Um but I think Adam Cole will win. As much as uh, Kyle O'Reilly ultimately wanting to move onwards and upwards, I feel like there's either a victory for Cole here or one more match in them to give Kyle O'Reilly his win at the end. Um, I just think it's sort of, it's very NXT for them to give Adam Cole the win here and maybe try and justify a third match, a rubber match. 
to draw a, a, another line under it, possibly at a takeover with a crowd. I don't know. Keep it short. Do the stuff that you're really good at without getting overindulgent. And I think this should blow away the takeover match. This absolutely should blow away the takeover match. Like it comes to something when people are scouring the format of the rest of the show and trying to work out the minutes and thinking, right, can they possibly exhaust all of this in an hour? And we're going to get another hour long match or whatever. Um, I really don't think it's going to be like that. I don't know who wins. I think there's narrative possibilities either way. They could always do a third match. Or, because the thing is, if if you give these three a third match, they've already kind of told you that Karrion Cross versus Pete Dunn is happening at some point. So that's something they can do in the interim before Kyle O'Reilly has this, and again, another teased feud with Karrion Cross. So I don't know who wins. I'm leaning towards Cole for that precise reason. All I know is that in one of the most famous, electrifying pro wrestling gorilla moments of all time, Kyle O'Reilly made his return to avenge Adam Cole and he beat the piss out of him in a just spellbinding moment. Kyle O'Reilly was so fired up that like he took two steps to go across the ring batter Adam Cole because he was just on fire. They have got this incredibly charged, energetic chemistry between them that, of course, Triple H and Shawn Michaels told them to slow it down. We're going 44 minutes, whatever it was. (laughs) The very best Cole O'Reilly dynamic is absolutely supercharged, super fast, super stiff, and mercifully looking at the timings of the show, the fact that this doesn't have the luxury of being a takeover where you can just do these 40-minute main events. And if you look at the fact that Adam Cole, like, didn't bury Kyle O'Reilly's wife, but basically said that she thinks nothing of his her husband, like, Kyle O'Reilly should be, like, just doing a hailstorm of punches in Adam Cole's direction. This should get off to an electric start. This should slow down just a bit before the next amazing chain of offense happens, like just let them have a banger, not an epic, but a banger. This is, these are two guys who are so fast and who can work so well. They can do the counter stuff so fluidly. Don't impose upon them a laborious epic. Give, let them work the banger that they can. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I couldn't echo your sentiments anymore. Yeah. I think Cole maybe emerges victorious here. Uh, to lead us to one, maybe not immediately afterwards, but obviously further down the line. Um, but either way, as long as this starts with half an hour to 20 minutes left on this show, half an hour being the entrances, then I'd be okay with it. But yeah, if, if suddenly we're wrapping the other three title matches and the, the, the face-offs before the first hour is even finished, I'll be suddenly more far more concerned about, like you say, uh, was it Bad Bloods uh, Hamlet between... Uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels where they went oh let's go Bad blood it was Tabby Tuesday it was Armageddon they loved it it was raw we're <laughs> going 30 plus Jesus Christ a pair of absolute wankers <laughs> you don't need that tonight without question but it's a very very exciting show the North, North American the Great American Bash with the North American title as I've just looked at it now that's why I thought of that but yes three titles on the line uh, title celebration face to face, and then of course Cole O'Reilly too, and the potential return of Tegan Knox. Let us know your thoughts ahead of the Great American Bash on Twitter at What Culture WWE. Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at 
Michael Humphrey. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from. The Raw review is available right now. Our review of this show will be available tomorrow, and our preview of is it Road Rager this week? Road Rager this week, bro, baby. We are being spoiled, Ambassador. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna have that preview for AEW tomorrow. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling so you get all of that good stuff. But for now, this has been the NXT Great American Bash preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies. I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show yeah. is absolutely yeah. incredible. Or anime. Yeah, and under this sure. mask is another mask. <laughs> you can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcast, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.